Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this special SCORE episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. And today, we're going to have a conversation with entrepreneur and Dallas SCORE client, Chris Walls. Chris is going to share his interesting and inspirational entrepreneurship journey how he has adjusted his business to deal with the COVID-19 crisis and what he is currently focused on in his business. This episode is part of a series of special episodes of the How a Business podcast focused on SCORE and featuring many of the talented and diverse SCORE volunteer mentors and staff. And we share SCORE client success stories like we will do today with Chris. I have been a mentor with SCORE for the past five years And I'm also an active small business owner, business coach, and podcaster. SCORE helps small business people through mentoring and training. Volunteer mentors leverage decades of experience in a variety of business disciplines and industries. SCORE's mentoring services are free, and the Dallas chapter of SCORE serves 11 counties in the Dallas and North Texas Metroplex and Lubbock, Texas. SCORE is the nation's largest network of volunteer expert business mentors with more than 10,000 volunteers and 300 chapters across the United States. For over 50 years, SCORE has served as America's premier source of free business mentoring and education. As a resource partner of the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA, SCORE has helped more than 11 million entrepreneurs through mentoring, workshops, and educational resources since 1964. So on today's episode, my guest again is Chris Walls, a music director who identified an opportunity in his industry and developed a successful business, which he has evolved over the years. He has overcome numerous challenges and obstacles, including the coronavirus pandemic, and yet continues to show why he is a successful entrepreneur. Chris studied music education and then earned a master's in orchestral conducting. He'll share the story of how he was presented with an opportunity to represent a marching band uniform company and how he has grown that into a full-time business today. Chris lives in the Dallas, Texas area. So Chris Walls, welcome to the show. Thank you, Henry. I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. You and I have had a couple of uh, preparatory conversations about it, and so I'm glad to, to have you and have you share your story Uh, Because as I was doing the research and chatting with you, it's it's very inspirational. But let's go back and we'll kind of walk through this journey chronologically to an extent. When you were in school studying music, what were your aspirations? What did you where did you think you would be when you were, you know, one of those grownups? What what did you think it was going to take you? You know, it's an interesting question. Uh, Since I was six, I think it was six, six or seven. I just I always wanted to conduct. That's what that was my dream that or be a truck driver, believe it or not. Uh, And ironically, my company now owns a trailer that I drive. So I'm kind of on the road as a truck driver as well. (laughs) That is too funny. So but but where did this this passion come from to be specifically a conductor? Because that's very specific. You know, it's it's weird. I I don't know. I'm the only musician in the family. Uh, I grew up with a baby grand in the house that no one knew how to play. Uh, No one knew how to uh, find middle C. And I found some books in the bench. And I was six years old when it happened. I found some uh, books and started learning bone sweet bone and put my hands in the right place. And I taught myself for a few few years before uh, getting into uh, junior high band. And then then you thought, let's make a career out of this, right? 
Man, I, I don't think there was ever any question, actually. Uh, as far as I can date back, that's always what I wanted to do. And I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Now, back then, and especially as you were in university, did you envision, what did you envision your job would be? Or did you envision then that you would have your own business? Just tell me about where, where your mindset was. No, you know, I never, I never saw the business side of things. Uh, I always wanted to conduct and I also all wanted to always be a teacher. And um, it, it's just always burned in me. Thankfully, I got to do both of those before becoming a business owner. When you think about it now, you know, learning, to, learning music, learning to play an instrument, in my opinion, I, I dabbled in it when I was a kid, but it requires discipline and dedication. You have to put in the time uh, and the effort. I got to imagine you've drawn on that now as a business owner. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So tell me about that early career after you graduated, then tell us briefly what, what your career looked like after college. You know, I tell you, I, uh, I don't know how, but I got really lucky from the beginning. Took my first job in uh, Flower Mound, Texas, where the bands are incredible. And the mentors, uh, the, the mentor teachers, uh, just everybody you're surrounded by has this passion and this drive. And I'm going to give a shout out real quick. Thank you, Lynn Jackson. I love you. Thank you for all your help. She is uh, still a mentor of mine, actually. Um, she is unfortunately due to COVID. She is in full quarantine uh, still, uh, but she and I talk, I want to say at least once every two weeks. Uh, I just love that woman to death. She taught me so much of what I know, both musically, uh, how to teach and in business. So I have, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned the business part because what I have found, so, so early in my career and in life, I was terrible at opening up to mentorship and guidance. You know, I just had that bravado of, I, I got this, I'll figure it out. And it took me a while to learn the value of that. And we'll talk about it in a moment as to how and when you reached out to score. But do you think you were, maybe it's part because of the music training where you had instructors and tutors and coaching and all of that. Do you think you were more open early on to receiving that mentorship and guidance from someone? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you have to. Uh, if you are going to, if you're going to be a practicing musician, you have to ask for help and you have to listen whenever you ask for the help and you've got to put in the time. Uh, that's, those are the rules. Yeah. I think that's, that's so critical that reaching out to mentors and to get help is so critical in business. I see that as a common mistake that small business owners make, and it can be such a lonely pursuit, right? Cause you, you can't really talk to your family and friends about it because they, they haven't been there. And so Absolutely. learning how to reach out to mentors is critical, isn't it? It is indeed. Absolutely. So Chris, tell me about then at some point in your career, you got approached by a uniform company to represent them. So tell me about that. <laughs> well, it, it's funny. So I, um, I didn't, when I came back from uh, studying orchestral conducting, I, I didn't plan on, on having a job as a teacher again. Not that I didn't love it because I did but I was trying to pursue a, a career in or, orchestral conducting professionally. And uh, I decided in 2010 of all years to become a realtor, um, not a good idea. And so I found myself back in the classroom, not long after that, uh, which was a real blessing. I, it really was. Uh, but I found through that process, I worked with a uniform company. I uh, mentioned earlier, Fruhoff Uniforms out of Wichita. 
And they came to me one day towards the end of the process and said, hey, do you know anybody looking for a job? And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and so next thing I knew, probably they asked that question back in March or April. And I was working with them as a sales rep in the North Texas area uh, in, starting July of 2012, uh, the same month that we started Director's Assistant. So the launch of Director Assistant, Assistant was that because of this or were you moving forward with that business idea anyway? No, it really, it was really sparked by Fruhoff uniforms. Okay. Uh, what happened is I, I accepted a job uh, as the principal guest conductor of the Dallas Pops and uh, took a job uh, touring with uh, Cirque Musica. It was a really fun concept of having a live symphony orchestra paired with the circus. Uh, I actually know the Walendas very well. They've ridden in my lap after me. Is that right? Yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, I've, I know them very well and they're lovely people. It was a great time in my life. But so that all happened at the same time and I actually started working with Fruhoff and, and with my company on a tour bus going from, uh, we started in uh, Roanoke and went all the way over to BC, uh, Canada. It was uh, quite a trip. So as you were starting that, or the director's assistant, did, did you at that point then think, I'm going to become a business owner or was it, I need this on the side to supplement my what I want to do, which is to be an orchestral conductor. Well, where, it, where it, was it at that point in your sure. mind? Sure. Well, in my at that point in my mind, I thought this is great. Uh, I I can be on the road. I can uh, because you know when I whenever you're working with a group, uh, a talented group, you have a two and a half hour rehearsal, then you eat dinner, and then you do the show. So you know there's a lot of time during the day. I normally didn't find myself in rehearsal and I, we rehearsed seven days a week with a different orchestra every single day. It, I, I would wake up every morning in the back of a different venue. And so during the day, I could work with Fruhoff uniforms. I could work on director's assistant uh, just from the tour bus. And then at two o'clock every day, I'd go into rehearsal. I'd eat dinner. We'd do the show. I'd get on the bus, have a a uh, bottle of wine with my friend and very talented clown, uh, David Larible. And we did that for, for so long and it was amazing, but I, yeah, they were able to go hand in hand. And once I, once I got off tour and decided, you know, the, the stress of conducting because it is very, it's a very stressful job. I thought, you know, I, I kind of like this idea of being home and running my own, my own business here get to sleep in my bed every night and the business had grown enough that you were at that point able to make that transition it actually because of the support of Fruhoff, uh, i was able to make that decision very early on mm -hmm. so that relationship uh you were doing it as an independent contractor of sorts or how, how did that yes, work technically yes okay. we were independent contractors that's correct and like I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, but you know, Fruhoff, uh, they they make incredible band uniforms, and that's what they want to focus on. And so it was just natural, a natural uh, fit for us to do the shoes and the gloves and the flags and even the megaphones that band directors use to to talk to the kids. They don't want to do that, and it's uh, it, we're using the same customers, so there was opportunity there. Yeah. 
for you to compliment that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and this is a perfect uh, example of where you were able to leverage and transition. You already had these contacts. You were in this industry. A lot of people struggle with, you know, what type of business do I start? And often what makes a lot of sense like you did is to leverage that entree that you already had into this industry, especially here locally, because I'd imagine it's so much about relationships. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I grew up with half of these people. In fact, my friend Rob Myers, who I taught with 20 years ago, uh, I can't believe I actually just said that out <laughs> loud. Uh, he's sitting right here next to me. We taught together 20 years ago, and now he and I work together. Uh, yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Okay. So then when did you make that full transition to director's assistant is what I do full time? Uh, well, like I say, it, it was, uh, I don't know, it probably took about a year and a half just doing the conducting gigs uh, in addition to Fruhoff and director's assistant. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was tough at first. I'm, I'm not going to lie because yeah, <laughs> unless you are the conductor of the New York Phil, you are not making the big bucks. Right, <laughs> so right. If it weren't for my husband, uh, without his support, I don't know if we would have ever gotten a lot of this off the ground. But yeah, it happened fairly early. Yes. I'm not certain if I answered that question correctly. No, no, you did. Yeah. I mean, it, it, everybody, everybody, it takes them a little, there's it, a different path and that's actually not sure. that long. Uh, but, but doing that side hustle can, even though it was complimentary, it can be very demanding. Yeah. I want to talk more about this later, but how did you then manage not just the time? I mean, obviously, as you, as you explained, you had some downtime to work the business from your, your um, conducting work. But what I find when you're doing multiple things, because that's the way I started as well, was with a side hustle. I had a full-time job and then a business on the side. I had a business partner that helped me with it. But mentally, when you're focusing on a project for one or the other, and, and I can only imagine that, that being a conductor is mentally taxing, how did you manage those two things? If anybody were hearing this right now, if any of my friends or family were hearing this, uh, they, they would say I probably didn't manage my time didn't very manage well. It very well. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Fact, that's the it, way it usually looks from the outside, anyway. Right. You know? you know. Well, you've seen the the scribble line. The the straight way to success doesn't look. Like, it's not a straight line, my friend. That's um, right. There's a lot of different directions, and I'll tell you, it, there's even an office joke right now. Chris, hey Chris, Chris, because I'm in La La Land, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it, it, man, I tell you what I did is early on, I developed a system. I knew that, well, as a band director, I knew what the band director needed. I knew what the choir and the orchestra directors needed to make their lives easier. Because to be frank, their life is not easy. They've got so much to manage between, you know, if you're a marching band director, you might have, gosh, you could have 400 kids in one class out on the marching field. So you're managing that, you're ordering buses, you've got uh, parent booster clubs to work with, you've got, of course, the, the everyday rigmarole from uh, just being an educator. So I, I took a look at that and I thought, okay, well, what do these guys need from me to be successful? And it's why we named the company Director's Assistant, actually. We are your assistant director. We are the, the person that is there to help when you need it. So we just came up with a system, and uh, I hate to admit it has been actually very difficult for me to go paperless. We've tried a few times because I came up with a, a filing system that just worked 
I worked for making sure every box was checked, making sure we had it all dated and signed by whoever did it. And then we, I mean, I have a file cabinet and it worked. Uh, we just placed everything in position where, okay, every week this group gets a follow-up. Now that you've made it to this file cabinet, you just need to hear from me every three months. A couple of key takeaways there, Chris, to interrupt. You've articulated one of the key things that we try to help with people with at SCORE and in my coaching is intimately knowing your target customer. You you were and you knew the, the customer so well that there was no question of knowing what they needed and what they were willing to spend money on, right? That's correct. I mean, we uh, being on the other side helps you, uh, you, well, it gives you the insight. And, I, and I'm not saying that I have it all. I sure don't. And especially since education continues to change, we, are, we have to keep our ear to the ground to make sure, because I haven't been in the classroom since 2010 and things have changed sure. a lot since then. And I'm, I know we're probably going to get to it, but uh, COVID is changing uh, the education uh, system quite a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. And then the other key takeaway from what you shared there is, uh, I think sometimes people get hung up on that their systems have to be electronic, have to be digitized. And I don't think that's always the case. I think sometimes, you know, as you kind of explained, I think a paper checklist sometimes can be just as effective. What are your thoughts there? Oh, my goodness. Like I say, I we have been through three or four different CRMs. And I keep telling the office, hey, guys, we've got to use this. Hey, guys, we've got to use this. We've got to do it like this. We've got to do it like this. And then I'm the, I'm the one that doesn't do it. <laughs> I, I'm the guy that they look at and they go, oh, Chris, the printer's on. That must be yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a balancing act there. We, we want to apply technology so that it makes us more efficient, so that we can collaborate better amongst our teams and with our clients. But... I think uh, people can get carried away with it. Well, especially if you're like me and you don't know how to charge your phones or your computers. <laughs> Sometimes the paper is the only thing that has juice. That's right. And that you know how to use well. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. I'm always curious. We, we've touched on this, but how do you, you're an artistic person. You've been an artistic person since very early on. How do you get that part of you satisfied while being a full-time business Ugh. owner? Man, I tell you, that is the that is the tough one right there. Uh, I don't actually. I um, I listen to a lot of great music uh, with great orchestras, uh, and that's really it. I, I have expressed to my husband and a couple of friends that I might like to find some outlet. Uh, I will tell you, when we first went into quarantine, I came to the office and grabbed my trombone with hopes of practicing and. Well, that didn't happen. So <laughs> um, it's tough. It really is. Uh, but, you know, just listening to great music has helped a lot. Uh, it, you almost, if it's, sometimes you can immerse yourself deep enough in it that it's, it'll satisfy that part of you. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, I think what you're working towards is also to get to a point in your business where you can carve out some of that time. Oh, my goodness. Something creative. Yes. Yeah. Nail on the head, my friend. It's just that, you know, things like COVID-19 come along and make us have to reinvent <laughs> ourselves, right? I'm so tired of talking about it too, aren't you? Oh my gosh. My yeah. goodness. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to put that behind us. Oh, I know. Nonetheless, tell us a bit about how it has impacted your business and you've had to, you know, the, 
the word of the day seems to be pivot. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'll tell you, uh, first of all, we, we, were, we were lucky enough to uh, have a product that we believe, uh, we never thought about going to the general population, but uh, one of the products we have when we went into this, because we have no idea, we are hoping, we are hoping the, and I'm not certain if it may have happened already today and I'm just not looking at it, but we're hoping that the Texas Education Agency comes out with uh, an announcement today. They were supposed to do it last week, but hopefully today about what the guidelines are going to be for schools. There's going to be, uh, there are going to definitely be a lot of changes, but how's that going to impact the performing arts? And so we had to just start looking at, okay, well, what do we have? What do we do that we can offer and, and stay alive? And one of the first things is our Easy Hem Tuxedo. Uh, it's a tuxedo that has uh, snaps, a snap system in the cuffs of the sleeves and in the trousers, and you don't have to hem it. So we thought, okay, well, even, even if we do go back into quarantine or if the, we, and again, we don't know what the schools are going to look like, but we know now that we have a, a, a garment that we can sell for less than you can rent a tuxedo for. You can buy it right off the shelf and take it home and hem it yourself uh, by snapping it into place and hitting it with an iron. So um, that's one of the directions we're going. And I, I don't want to be really the face of COVID with this, but we are also making masks as a fundraiser. So we're providing uh, custom-made printed masks that uh, school bands, orchestras, or just the school or the district, or uh, in fact, we've got a couple of companies looking at doing it, can sell these masks because it's going to be a very real future for us no matter what, even if it's short-lived, uh, sell these masks and actually make a profit uh, from it for, their, for their, their program. Because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, educational funding. We, uh, people are scared about it. Yeah. So uh, the masks, are you manufacturing them yourself? You know, it's funny. Uh, no. I, in fact, we had been working with this company called thefundraisingmask.com. They reached out to us. I had worked with one of these gentlemen uh, previously, and uh, it's powered by a man that runs a marching company or marching supply company. And I learned weeks after we'd been working with these guys and they'd been making masks, it's Fruhoff Uniforms that's building. <laughs> Small world sometimes. Small so world. again, you're able to tap into that as a business owner and play intermediary here because you're going to leverage the relationships that you have, the existing relationships you have with these schools and other organizations. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We are, and we're, I, hopefully we are providing a solution. Of course, we, we're in the business of paying our own bills as well, but if we can provide a solution at the same time, awesome. Yeah. And you've adapted it so that it's, it's a win-win for everybody. And that's what I love about it. But, but the key takeaway here is an example of where you have had to, you were presented with this unprecedented and unexpected challenge. And that's what I think makes a real entrepreneur. An entrepreneur figures out with the limited resources he or, he or she have at their disposal, how do they make a business out of it? And that's what you continue to do. And I think that's what's so inspirational. Thank you. All right, let's shift for, uh, for a moment as to uh, how you have been able to leverage the services from SCORE. I'm curious, when and, when and why did you decide initially <laughs> to reach out to SCORE? Oh, man. Okay. 
So I, uh, I sometimes I stare at a blank wall and come up with some really strange ideas. <laughs> uh, some of them are great. Um, director's assistant's the only one that's actually come to fruition. <laughs> but I had this new idea, and uh, my friends Mark and Scott, uh, they said, hey, we've been talking with this guy at SCORE. Paul, his name is Farouk. And so I reached out to Farouk and um, had an initial conversation, actually went down and sat down with he and Ed Stone, who is my current mentor and dear friend, sat down with them and I, I brought them this idea, which I think I may still push on, I'm not going to tell you about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I brought them this new idea and they go, okay, that's cool, neat. What about your current company? How can we help there? And um so that's that's where it all started. I, I actually went to them with something else, and they go, "Well, you know what? We'd rather we'd rather help you with this other thing. We think it's got uh, got something." And it, it's such a classic situation again, Chris, because we see this all the time. And I'm I struggle with it as well. I call it shiny object syndrome, where <laughs> we we're, we're because you know you have that creativity, and you're an entrepreneur, so you're always thinking about new things. And what happens is we have to make sure we stay focused on the thing we have now and get that to a point where it is more or less self-sufficient before we move on to the next thing. But we have a My tendency goodness, to want to so jump hard, to it. Isn't it? Right? It's very it's hard. so hard. It's very hard. It's very hard, especially because people keep bringing you ideas. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's oh run with that gosh. one. Yeah. Like I say, I was at lunch today, and uh, one of the guys that's working with me is actually running the mask part of the program. He, uh, he was talking to me, and I didn't even know it. And that's when he started snapping at me and going, Chris, hey, where are you? <laughs> and I, honestly, I cannot tell you, after he snapped me out of it, I have no idea what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So that was, that's obviously one of the benefits that, that Ed Stone and Farouk at SCORE provided for you was to help with focus. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yep. What else did you, did they help you with as you have been, because you've been working with them for a couple of years now, if I've got Gosh, that right. I think, I want to say, don't quote me on this. I think we're pushing three years now. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. I so what have been so. some of those other things that they have helped you with at a high level? Well, you know what? Uh, it Focus, I would say is number one. I'll tell you this. It's very rare that I bring, whenever Ed and I meet, it's very rare that I bring him specific topics. Interesting. Uh, we just sit down and we talk and then things come out. Now, he, I've always got something fun to share. Um, we, uh, there's always something to share, some sort of uh, a win here or there. Uh, it's very rare that, though, that I bring him a specific topic. It just kind of turns our conversation it starts with where have you been on vacation and then it twists into, Hey, here's this. And he goes, no, maybe this. And you know, it's, it's, it's one of the best hours of my month. It's a, it's a classic example. I, I mentioned this at the outset of what a good mentor or coach or a combination thereof can do for you. Again, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner can be a lonely pursuit. You need at least someone to just have a conversation with that understands and, and that eventually can give you some ideas and some guidance. I think a good mentor and a coach, we don't have all of the answers. We help you ask the right questions, I think, more than anything sometimes. Right. Agreed. Okay. Fantastic. Um, as we begin to summarize it, when you think of where you're at now, Chris, what do you think are, we've touched on some of these, but what do you think are a couple of characteristics that you either had or have developed 
that have been part of why you've been successful in business so far? You know, it, I thought about that. I think what's funny is that lack of focus that I sometimes have is, is part of what helps uh, that creative out, out of the box thinking. And it's not just, it's not developing a new company or a new idea for it. It's, it could be just thinking out of the box for, for advertising. And then also in that, seeing the other side. What, what is going to benefit the customer? And I think that's what we, that helps a lot. And then lastly, a, a positive drive forward. Always up, upbeat, positive drive forward. We will succeed type of attitude. Yeah. Have you always had that uh, personality trait? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, th this point that you're making, I, you because I think of your creativity and like you said, where sometimes it can be a detriment to be all over the place. It helps you with problem solving. You look at problems differently than a lot of other people do. And, and I think that's, that's what's, that's one of the things that has served you well. I think that's another takeaway is that in business, it is a series of challenges. Sometimes, sometimes it just seems like it's a series of battles and it's oh, how we approach those, those challenges that determines whether we stay in business. I think. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I think you've touched on what's next. I mean, right now you're heads down focused on getting through this period, but where do you see it going? Where do you see this company going? Well, man, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we will come out of this, but I don't know how long it's going to take. And I believe that people are going to be less likely to um, print clothes, for instance, for a wedding or an event. And so I think that's where we're headed People are going to be very cautious about um, how things are cleaned. And, you know, if you think about the rental business, they have to clean them and then they measure you and then uh, they, they hem it. Do they get cleaned again? Like, how's that? I don't understand that process. And I think people are going to be wary about it. If we can provide a black tuxedo that, by the way, uh, not to give a sales pitch, but it's machine washable, so there's no taking it to the cleaners. You can hem it yourself and you own it for less than, than renting. That sounds like a win to me. Yeah, great stuff. Great insights there. When, when people come to you now, Chris, and say, listen, I'm thinking about starting a business. Any tips, any ideas? What would you have done differently? What's that advice you give people who are looking to start their first business? Think about it. Sit on it. Plan your path. Don't wait until it's perfect. I think that's a major pitfall. Uh, folks want to make sure that your idea or your advertisement or your email or whatever is perfect. Uh, you're never going, it's, it's like performing. There's no such thing as a perfect performance and that's okay. And then uh, once you've figured it out, take a running leap so that you don't, and so you jump out far enough and not hit your head on the rocks. Go for it. Dive all the way in because there's no half, oh, sorry, I was about to say something. <laughs> you can't do it halfway, yes, Henry. <laughs> I get it. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's spot on with, with my thoughts. And thanks for that inspiration. I'll, but let me, let me come back to the last point of it. If you were to do it over, would you have done it as a side hustle? I mean, sometimes for us, we have to do it as a side hustle because from a financial perspective, we have no choice. But going back, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not certain because we were pairing it with uh, the uniform company. I'm not certain it was really ever much of a side hustle. Uh, no. Well, but you were I, doing I it while change. you were still doing the conducting. That's what I mean. You were still doing right. that as a profession. 
doing right. it on no, the side. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I think I would have done it the same way. Okay. But, but, you know, and it's hard to answer that question because I did it the way I did it. That's right. And to see it another direction, I, um, I love the way it happened. And uh, yeah, I'd do it again yep. the same way. Love it. I love the point about starting small. You, you got to go in all in, all force, depending on what that means for you. But starting smaller is one, is one of the big mistakes I see people make is they have this grandiose idea, which is fantastic, but they want to start with trying to build that ultimate vision instead of starting small, test the waters, learn, let the market dictate where, really, where the answer really is. And so I think that's very smart advice. Great. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. We've touched on your business. Is there anything else about Director's Assistant that we haven't mentioned? And, and also, what would you like us to do to learn more about it? Well, I, if you have anybody, if you have any kids in school or, <laughs> uh, or know any teachers, uh, then direct them to director's assistant. Uh, we are, we're doing these fundraisers for masks. Uh, and uh, then also we've got the Easy Hymn Tuxedo, which is great for uh, your school band, orchestra, and choir programs. But also, uh, hopefully, we will be able to get into um, some store at some point where we're giving it a shot. So keep your eye open and root for us. Fantastic. And then the website again is what? It's directorsassistant.com. All right, Chris, we'll wrap it up with, with the final question. I always like to ask, you know, what, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation from the perspective of if I'm listening and I'm thinking of starting a business, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation? Uh, you know, if, I, if it's limited to one thing, I'll tell you what it is. Ask for help and take the advice. Too much of the time, I think folks ask for the help and then they go back to doing it the way they did it before. And, uh, you know, maybe that is the answer. I mean, maybe the, the advice you got, <laughs> be cautious of that because sometimes the advice you get is not one you want to take. But if you're going to ask, at least think about it and at least try. Great point. Great, great advice. All right. And then tell us again where you want us to go online to learn more. At directorsassistant.com. Wonderful. Chris, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me and share the story and share these insights. A lot of valuable takeaways, actionable takeaways, which I love. Uh, your story is inspirational and we can learn a lot from it. We're glad that we were able to help through SCORE, Ed Stone in particular, and Farouk. Thanks to them for being your mentors. And so take, thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Thank you so much, Henry. This was a pleasure. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this special episode of The Howa Business. My guest today again was Chris Walls. You can find out more about The Howa Business podcast at thehowabusiness.com. And to learn more about SCORE, visit dallas.score.org or call 214-987-9491. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.